Today's episode of We Went Blues is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.com forward slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. And welcome into episode 30 of We Went Blues, Barrett Jackman and Jeremy Rutherford. And today we're come to you from uh, Barrett's house. Nice crib here, Jax. Yeah, the old doghouse. It's uh, it's a good spot to entertain. And uh, apparently you invaded for a little podcast. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see what we can do here. I bet you've had some shindigs here, huh? There's There's been a few stories that will never be repeated. But uh, yeah, it's a good place to... Drink some Codigo tequila and uh, just hang with the boys. Well, let's tell them on the podcaster. I'm sure you got some player parties that uh, everybody would be interested in hearing about. <laughs> That's me not saying anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we have a uh, interesting podcast today. In case you haven't seen it, there's an article up at theathletic.com right now, and it's an interview that I did with uh, Mike Yo. Uh, Mike has not spoken extensively since he was fired by the Blues. We're going back to November 19th of 2018. Jax, we all know the story. Uh, since he was let go, it took about a month for the Blues to get their footing under Craig Bruby, but once they did, uh, they wrote history, winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, people kind of forgot about Mike Yo. Uh, in the meantime, he's gone to Philadelphia. He's become a, an assistant coach on Elaine Vigneault's staff. And I've texted Mike probably four times over the past year uh, just trying to see if he'd be willing to talk about what happened here in St. Louis. Uh, each time he said, JR, just uh, too emotional uh, to talk right now. Uh, but when I texted him last week, he said, let's do it. So I flew up to Philadelphia. We sat down for about an hour at the Flyers practice facility and had a pretty good chat. So been a while since we heard from Mike Yo. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough uh, to, to be with an organization that you see a lot of potential in, and then all of a sudden you get uh, you get let go. It <laughs> kind of sounds familiar in my situation, but uh, uh, yeah, it was kind of the same thing when I went to uh, went to Nashville. You you really want your uh, uh, your friends and your former teammates to do very well, and uh, but it's also a little bit bitter when uh, you know all of a sudden they're doing better than uh, than you are. And uh, you know when I was in Nashville, we were you know a game seven away from. You know Nashville playing uh, St. Louis in the and uh, uh, the you know conference finals and uh, San Jose was playing uh, playing St. Louis, but it was it was tough to watch and, and you really want your boys to do well, uh, your friends and all that. But it's also a little bit bitter uh, to be on the other end when when you saw some great potential and you, you wanted to be part of it. And Mike Yo did talk about what it was like knowing that the Blues were rolling through the playoffs and then of course uh, going on to the Stanley Cup to play. Uh, Boston. He he touches on uh, what that was like. He also talked about his regrets coaching the Blues, what he did right, what he did wrong, 
uh, holding players accountable, and also whether or not he got a Stanley Cup ring. Jax, I've been asked by a ton of people over the past few months, did Mike Yo get a Stanley Cup ring? Uh, so when I went up to Philadelphia last week, I was able to finally ask him and get his response. So we have a lot of sound from that interview, and we're going to play it for you here. So we'll get started uh, now, Jax. The first thing is the regrets that Mike Yo had. Uh, early on in his tenure uh, with the St. Louis Blues, things were going well. He took over for Ken Hitchcock, and then he pushed the Blues into the playoffs. They surprisingly got to the second round uh, where they played Nashville. Got off to a good start uh, the next year, but then lost Jaden Schwartz in December, and things started to go downhill uh, from that. So when I talk to Mike Yo, everybody wants to focus on the 2018-19 season, uh, the year that he got fired. But he actually believes that a lot of the problems uh, with his coaching tenure stem back to the previous season. Here's what he had to say about that. Like I would say a lot of the damage for me personally was done the previous year. Um, You know, I I think that I look back at, you know, obviously we we got off to a great start. Um, I think, you know, part of what did me in uh, with my time in St. Louis was when we started to struggle, um, you know, I was sort of having the thought process that our team was uh, struggling confidence-wise, and that's when I backed off. And I, in my opinion, now looking back at it, I should have pushed harder at that time. Um, one, I think it would have given us a better chance to get into the playoffs. I felt like we lost some games, um, you know, at that time where we could have won, and, and obviously missing the playoffs by one point at the end of the year, or whatever, you know, um, that you look at those situations, and I think like that was some of the damage. Jacks. Uh, Mike Yo said that you're a young coach and you go to a lot of these uh, clinics. You listen to guys like Scotty Bowman and other seasoned uh, coaches, and they'll tell you that, hey, when things are going well, push harder. When they're not going well, you want to back off a little bit. I can't imagine that the balance that it is for a coach to know what buttons to press when, but Mike Yo here in the interview says that he didn't push hard enough. Yeah, there, there's so many different circumstances and uh, moving parts. Uh, you know, if if your uh, your top players are are you know kind of going, then you know maybe you kind of you know back off when you struggle. But if your top players are are the ones that are the problems, maybe you know you push a little bit harder. So you, you got to read the uh, the situation. You got to read the room. And um, but there's a lot of variables when it comes down to uh, to coaching and and what to do on a day to day basis. And um, you live and you learn. And and Yosi's uh, you know the type of guy. He's smart. Uh, you know he's not afraid to you know take stuff from uh, from different experiences and and talking to different people and and different coaches and and see what they did and uh, I really feel like uh, Yosi's gonna you know he's gonna grow from uh, his his time in St. Louis. Obviously, have some regrets of of you know different ways he handled things, but uh, going forward, I think it's just gonna make him a, a better person and a better coach. So the Blues, uh, as Mike Yo said there, they missed the playoffs by one point. That was that regular season finale against Colorado. Tarasenko got hurt, the shoulder injury. Uh, but that offseason, everybody around the league said that Doug Armstrong had the best offseason. He brings in uh, Ryan O'Reilly in the big trade, uh, Pat Maroon, David Perron, Tyler Bozak. And the Blues came to uh, town the next season with very high expectations. I remember being down at Ballpark Village, and they had the icebreaker event that they've had a few years in a row now. And Mike Yo was just giddy. He was excited about what they had done in the offseason. He thought it was going to be a good year, Jax. But he also said that uh, at the time that, uh, hey, it's going to take some time because uh, you know these new faces need to, to create some chemistry. So he feels, looking back, that he didn't necessarily handle those expectations well going into that 2018-19 season. Here's what he said. 
the expectations coming into the season, I, I don't think that I, I handled that or managed that properly, especially within the group. Um, you know, I knew it was going to take time um, because you've got so much turnover in personnel. So um, not only the chemistry, but building the game that you want to play. And on top of that, um, probably more importantly, is identifying and putting people in the rules and letting them get comfortable in the rules. We put some people in rules at the start of the year and they weren't quite comfortable with them. Or you know, there was a lot of focus on sort of who was over there and what they're doing compared to what I'm doing and whatnot. Um, and so I knew it was going to take time, but I knew that it was a group that once, uh, once it got going, they are going to be real dangerous. Jax, you remember that time period. There was a lot of hype about that roster, especially getting uh, Ryan O'Reilly. But as Mike Yo touches on there, you know, we can see the names and the numbers on the back of their jerseys, but it doesn't mean that it's going to come together in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, and Yosey touched on it about, you know, guys uncomfortable in their roles. And, um, you know, you, you put a lot of that on the players, too. Um, you're given a role. You have to adapt to, you know, to, to what that role is and, and what the team needs. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the, the players and uh, weren't comfortable with maybe having a secondary role. And, and you know, it, it took them a while to accept that and realize that, you know, to have the best team possible and have a chance to win that, you know, maybe you have to put your ego aside and, and you know, play in a different role than what you, you know, maybe grew up playing or, or what you expected going into the season. So, you know, I, I think Yosey touches on that about guys uncomfortable. And uh, I think when Chief came in, I think he still had that same message of this is your role. But uh, I think he, he probably had a better, uh, you know, way of getting it across saying that, you know, if if you're not comfortable with the role, then, you know, we'll find somebody that is and, and you know, you're going to be out on the outside looking in. Yeah, not to single out one guy, Jax, because there were a number of guys that, uh, you know, their roles had changed because of all the new faces. But a guy like Braden Shen, 28 goals, 70 points, career-high numbers, and all of a sudden uh, number 90, Ryan O'Reilly, comes to town. And now your second power play unit. So, you know, Shen, just one of the examples, but uh, guys got shifted around. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Uh, you know, maybe Tarasenko's role wasn't the same. Uh, Schwartz's role wasn't the same. Steiner, you know, he, he went from, you know, a go-to guy uh, for so many years to be a second, third, and then eventually a fourth-line fourth, uh, fourth line guy. So there was a lot of different, uh, you know, different moves that Chiefs made. And, and, and Yosi, you know, tried to make it at the beginning of the year that, um, you know, at, at one point, you know, they didn't work with Yosi and, um, I, I think he kind of laid the groundwork. So I, I don't think everything that Chief did was was reinventing the wheel. I think it was just, you know, guys realizing that you know they were sick of losing and and they had to step up and and maybe be uncomfortable in, in a new role. And and that's what uh, you you really. Uh, you know, you kind of have a team come together is when you realize that, you know, the team is is bigger than any individual, and I think that's what happened with the Blues. If you recall, uh, that year that they missed the playoffs by one point, they were 24th in the league in goals per game, so they wanted to bolster the offense. And when you bring in Perron and, and uh, Pat Maroon and, and O'Reilly and Bozak, that's what you're trying to do, uh, add to that offense. But Mike Yo believes that uh, there was probably too much of a focus. You know, he's a defensive-minded coach, and the Blues have always been a defensive-minded uh, team, especially under Ken Hitchcock, you know, before Mike Yo came in. Uh, but he feels like they got away from that because they were putting such an emphasis on goal scoring. Here's his thoughts on that. A big part of why we didn't make the playoffs was 
um, lack of goal scoring and uh, obviously uh, you know a lot of the summer was was built around trying to bring some people in that could help score goals but I got away from <clears throat> my usual plan in training camp and we spent a lot of time a lot of focus on on trying to create more offense mm-hmm. trying to score more goals and then uh, obviously the defensive game wasn't as strong it's the first time that I was a head coach that a team that I was on didn't get off to a good start in fact I think it was the first time we didn't win the first game um, of the year so for, uh, for me, that was a real learning point. We got away from a plan that that I had had that was successful. Um, our, my teams have always been really strong defensively. That's the one thing that, uh, you know, not saying I'm the best coach ever, but that's one thing that I would I would uh, I would say with confidence that that uh, the teams that I've coached have been hard to play against, and they play well defensively. And we weren't that to start the year, and I feel like a lot of that was because I got away from my usual plan. Um, in training camp. Jack's 24th in the league. You definitely want to improve on that, especially when you bring in some uh, new faces. Uh, but uh, while people love to watch the highlight real goals, this game is still about uh, defense, and I'm sure you're glad to hear that that's still the case, you being a, a longtime uh, defenseman. Uh, you know, they had a Jay Bowmeister who was coming back from hip surgery, and obviously he went through a stretch there where it was tough for him. Uh, but the defense as a whole did not play well, and, and like Mike says, that's what doomed them. Yeah, the beginning of the year, it was, you know, their their defense really let them down. Uh, uh, as a decor, they didn't play very well together, and uh, I think the support from the forwards wasn't there. So, you know, the team defense, you could see that it hurt because they were trying to be more offensive. And you look at a team that's one point away from making the playoffs, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to tinker a little bit. And, you know, with those guys that were brought in with Bozak and uh, O'Reilly, Perron, and, and uh, uh, the big rig, really that should have been enough. You could have had the same system uh, defensive-minded, and, and hopefully those guys were just going to click and, and be the offensive pieces that – you know, we're we're added without changing uh, the way that you play, and um, you know that's that's a regret that Yosi had, just trying to get away from what his foundation of as a coach was, and and being a defensive minded uh, you know coach, and um, you know so that that's really uh, probably the biggest problem that the the Blues had at the beginning of the year is is searching for the uh, for the offense when really they just had to continue to play tight defense, and and you know the way that the Blues have played in so many years. Is is being stingy on the uh, defensive side of it, and and just scoring timely goals on the uh, offensive side. So those were his first uh, three regrets. His fourth one, Jax, he says, was his biggest one. I think we can all relate to this, uh, you know, whether you're a writer, whether you're a defenseman, whether you're an NHL coach, you just want to be comfortable with who you are. It doesn't matter, you know, for Mike Yo, if he's wearing the Minnesota Wild coaching gear or he's wearing the St. Louis Blues coaching gear, he wants to be himself. And he said that for whatever reason, he got away from that. Biggest regret that I have uh, more than anything would be that I don't feel that I – was truly myself you know I, I feel like uh, you know the, the person I am on a day-to-day basis um, I got away from that and um, you know there could be multitude of reasons and excuses why but uh, but bottom line is that's the that's I again what I would say is the biggest regret that I have and Jax with that uh, you can totally understand where he's coming from 
Yeah, um, you really, you have a way that you are. Uh, you have a way that you're comfortable in, in handling all situations. And uh, if you start getting away from that, then you know that you're not doing uh, yourself justice or your family justice or, or, or uh, you know, the guys that you're, you're trying to lead. And, you know, you, you could hear it in his voice. He's, he was definitely, uh, you know, kind of uh you know regretting and and just uncomfortable with not being himself and and that's the biggest thing for a coach is when you're comfortable and you're confident in in what you're doing and the way that you coach you know the players uh will see it and if you're uncomfortable and you're not being yourself you know then you know it's definitely sensed by the uh by the people around you i'll never forget uh november 19th 2018 jacks after the game uh, we take the elevator down from the press box to the uh, locker room area and doug armstrong is generally always on that uh, elevator and you've seen doug like this before where he's just uh, distraught you know he's got the the red face uh, you know and we didn't know it at the time but he was on uh, his way to the office to tell Mike Yo that he was going to let him go. Now, kind of a you know interesting situation. Mike comes out and talks to the media, addresses the game, talks about what he thinks went wrong in that two nothing loss to the Los Angeles Kings, and then he goes back to the office just like he does you know every single post game. And and there's Doug Armstrong waiting for him. And uh, he said, Mike, we're going to make a change. And, and for Mike Yo, this was the second time he had been fired in three years following you know, that five-year stint uh, with the uh, Minnesota Wild. Really tough to take for Mike Yo for a couple reasons. Here's what he said. Uh, it sucks. I mean, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was heartbreaking. That's the only way I'd say it. Um, uh, for one, because I knew the team had potential, uh, you know, but – uh, I believe in myself as a coach, um, you know, what I'm capable of. Um, and, you know, it was something that I wanted to do was, was be a head coach, and you knew that, uh, that that would be a pretty big blow to your career, um, that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just there's, there's a whole bunch of things that, that play into your mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, career-wise, personal-wise, you know, um, as far as your family and, so, uh, but the biggest thing for me was just the, the, the career part of it. Jax, uh, it seemed like something could happen. I'm remembering back to that time that, uh, you know, they could move on from Mike Yo. Like we said, a lot of expectations and the team wasn't meeting him. But do you recall, were you surprised uh, when they let Mike Yo go that night? No, uh, I kind of saw it maybe the week before that. I remember it was a press conference. And I think Yozi was, um, you know, kind of playing up the, you know, questioning his own uh his own job and it, you know he he was taking responsibility for the team not playing well and uh he, I think he said to to the effect that yeah army should be you know evaluating the coaches and and seeing if uh, they should be fired or not so you, you kind of saw it coming in the way that the uh the team was playing at the time it was just not not a viable uh, uh option to you know to keep everything together and uh, you know unfortunately the coaching world is a you're hired to be fired, and uh, Yozy was uh, was one of those guys. One of the main things after Craig Bruby took over, uh, a lot was made about the accountability. He held all the players, even the star players like a Tarasenko, accountable, which kind of implies that Mike Yo didn't hold those players accountable. I know behind the scenes there were uh, issues with that and conversations about that. And so we talked to Mike Yo and, and Jax. I asked him, uh, did you think that you did a good enough job holding the players accountable? Yeah. For sure. I, I, there's some things that I would have done differently, no question. And, you know, I don't 
kind of what you'll say about that. But well, whether, you know, it's 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 a it's a fine line because you look at uh, you can say ice time, you know, but you look around at you know the team like uh, like Washington the year before, um, you know, if uh, if one of their top players. Is, is not 100% on his game. He's rarely coming off the power play. Um, you know, he's rarely having his ice time dropped. Uh, but you know, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what you have to do to get things uh, to that point. Uh, it, like I said, it's a fine line. Um, you know, in those situations when you're not winning games, uh, you know, do you bench one of your top guys and then not have one of your top guys on the ice where you could potentially win the game? Do you give them that faith, that trust that? know that they're going to deliver at that time or you know and and I think probably I you know again looking back um, got caught a little bit too much looking at um, that particular game as opposed to the big picture. Jax you uh, know these players you know this locker room you know the landscape you know the organization Uh, as I said earlier a coach has a, a tough job trying to push the right buttons. How did Mike Yo do in that situation how could he have done a better job holding these players accountable well you know the way he talks about it it's you know do you do you look at the game in hand do you do you want to get those two points do you want to win so do you take a a guy that's a game changer off of your power play and and you know that one goal could be you know the difference between a winner and a loss or do you look at you know a 10 game segment and say you know if I bench this guy now um, you know, maybe, you know, he doesn't get it tomorrow, but the next game he's going to get it. So, uh, it really is. It's every player individually is different. Um, you know, when I was, when I was playing, if a coach just came down and said, get your head out your ass, you know, I, I would, I'd be pissed off, but I knew, yeah, I, I have to be better. And, um, some other players would maybe get a little bit sensitive to that and, and maybe go into a shell. So that's the biggest thing with the coaches these days. They have to manage personalities. They got to manage, you know, an, an Alex Steen who's, who knows the old school type game and, and you could say anything to him or you have a young guy that maybe, um, is a little bit more sensitive because he's never been told no in his lifetime. And, um, he, he might start crying if you, you know, you say boo to him. So that's the biggest thing with coaches these days and, and the way that the game's evolved. It's, you know, all the coaches these days are getting fired for their aggressive approach and, and, you know, being too mean. And, um, that's kind of the way that the game is. And, you know, I think Chief does a real good job of balancing that is, is understanding the, uh, the old school tough guy, but, you know, also the new school kid. And, um, you know, Yosi, you know, was trying to deal with that as well. And, you know, maybe he didn't do as good a job as he liked, but, you know, he, he mentions it that he does have regrets in, in certain situations, but you never know how to handle it. There's, there's so many moving parts that, you know, you, you can't fault him for, uh, you know, for, for maybe failing in a, in a, way that maybe chief uh, you know got the the benefit of of yosi um doing different things and and you know he just kind of cleaned up the mess yeah a lot of questions uh, that i asked mike yo about the accountability so on and so forth he said yeah for sure i would have done some things differently but jacks i think we can both agree some of the things improved uh, in fact the blues 
Minnesota's got a goaltender, and this is uh, no disrespect to uh, Jake Allen, but Jordan Bennington came in. We all know the story. Uh, caught fire, gave the Blues uh, great goaltending, and thus a lot of confidence. I asked Mike Yo, you know, to see that the Blues got somebody who could step in the net and uh, and take care of that position. You know, it was obviously a big difference between when he coached the team and when Craig Berube coached the team. But like you hear in these other answers that uh, Mike Yo is giving, uh, he wasn't making any excuses. Here's what he said. There's times where, again, I've sat around and felt sorry for myself and said, oh, if I had more time, if I had this, if I had that. Um, but, again, when I reflect and I look back, I, I didn't do a good enough job. And if I did, then I'd still be there. And that's the truth. That's what you like to hear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Yozi, just, he's a great person. I got to work with him a little bit uh, uh, when I was working with the Blues, and uh, I had nothing but respect for him. He, he was always a straight shooter with me. Um, his demeanor was was awesome, just the way he treated uh, people around him. Um, but yeah, he, he's not going to make any excuses. He's he's going to you know self reflect, and uh, he's a good hockey guy. Uh, if if you talk to you know ninety nine percent of hockey players, you know if if they're ever going to complain about their their career, they're just going to say that maybe I could have played better in this situation. And not too many guys are going to point fingers at somebody else. And and Yosi's another one of those stand up guys that um, is going to live. He, you know he's 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 learned from uh, his mistakes and his experiences, and he's only going to be a better person for it. Yeah, he said that uh, at one point, Jax, he said that uh, I didn't watch hockey for a while, but then when I did, I started watching 30 teams, and he paused, and he said, notice I didn't say 31. So we knew that uh, he was talking about the Blues. Uh, but then, as I mentioned, it took about a month for the Blues to, to get their footing under Craig Berube. Uh, but once kind of late December, early January, Bennington arrives early January, they really started to take off. And Mike Yo watching other games was uh, hearing about the Blues, intrigued to see what they were doing differently. So he talks about uh, wanting to see what they were doing system-wise differently under Craig Bruby, and here he says that uh, it wasn't much. When they started to win a little bit more, I wanted to see the changes, see if they made changes, um, and uh, and just sort of uh, you know again another opportunity to sort of learn yeah. from there. What'd you see? Well, again, I haven't spent a lot of time watching, and we'll have a pre-scout coming up here that uh, that uh, that we'll we'll dig a little bit deeper into. But I haven't seen a lot of changes um, in the game, to be honest with you. Um, and you're even going back to like last February. March, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I haven't seen a lot for sure. I've seen a couple things, a couple little things different, but. Uh, um, and I could be wrong because I, I'm not, like I said, I haven't spent any real time right, dissecting right. it, but uh, a lot of things um, system-wise look the same. And, Jacks, in season, there's just not enough time to change. I mean, you, you don't get many practices, and you're taking a lot of days off, especially down the stretch, the dog days. Uh, so there wasn't much Craig Berube could do. They were just playing better. Yeah, I, I think, you know, system-wise, I don't think Chief really, you know, tinkered a, a ton with. It was more about – you know, defining the roles of the people, and we, we touched on it earlier, it's uh, making guys, you know, force them to be comfortable in the situations that they're given and, and realize that if they weren't going to do the job, that they were going to find somebody else, uh, you know, whether it was called up from the minors or, or within, uh, you know, the 23-man roster that was going to do the job. And uh, I think, you know, system-wise, you, you can just – 
you know, move a couple things, but uh, it was really about the confidence of the players uh, in their roles, having Bennington come up and play as well as he did. And uh, just everybody just kind of had enough. Uh, they finally clicked. Uh, I think the, you know, the personnel, they, they've cared for each other in the room. And um, finally, it, it was just one of those things where they said, you know, we have the talent, we we have the team, we just have to stop feeling sorry for ourselves and, and you know, somehow that, uh, that uh, you know, flip of the switch happened. The Blues, of course, get into the playoffs. They beat Winnipeg, they beat Dallas, they beat San Jose in the Western Conference Finals. Then it's on to the Stanley Cup Final against the Boston Bruins. And Craig Burby and Mike Yo hadn't spoken a ton since Mike Yo was let go. But, Jax, uh, right before Game 7, Mike Yo sends Craig Berube a text message reaches out and you know what a what a great gesture uh, by Mike Yo to do that and uh, here's what he said he told Craig Berube because I remember my experience when we won the cup in game seven in uh, in um, in Pittsburgh we won it in Detroit and we were kind of a younger team and and I felt like St. Louis kind of an, I felt like Boston would probably play the experience card and so I just basically said it uh, shared one of my experiences with Craig about that situation and uh, wished him luck. Like I said, what a gesture. Yeah, uh, and like I said, he's, he's a great person. And uh, he, you know, when you work uh, so close to so many people uh, for a couple of years that you, know, you still you, know, you wish you were there and, and you kind of have those uh, – you know those second thoughts and 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 all that, but you really want them to succeed, and uh, you know it's it's a unique uh, situation. You get let go, but you know you, you still feel enough that you you reach out and and just kind of give a little bit to uh, uh, to the to the you know the guy that kind of took over your job, and um, you know some guys wouldn't have done that, but uh, Yosi's the type of guy that. Uh, he's going to share the experience and, and just kind of let him have any edge that, you know, possibly that, that could bring. So that's the text message that Mike Yo sent Craig Berube. But Mike Yo, during uh, that series against the Boston Bruins, I believe it was actually going into game seven, got a text message from a, uh, a friend. I guess you could call this guy a friend out of the blue uh, from somebody he hadn't heard from a while uh, calls and ask him for a request. And Jax, this is just adding salt to the wound. Here's Mike Yo. But I did have one person ask me if I had any contacts for tickets for Game Seven. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Are you yeah. So I didn't. I didn't reply to that one. I this was I, a text message. And looking back on it, it's actually pretty funny. Like, <laughs> come on, like seriously, like think about it. But uh, and, and I won't. Obviously. And it's not even. It's not like it was a good friend or anything like that. It was somebody that I, you know. Uh, but, but it was just a text message out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. Somebody that I hadn't talked to. Of, hey, hey, do you have any contacts that could help me get tickets for? I don't know, game six or seven, one of those was like, come on. Against Boston, you're yeah, saying, right? Yeah, yeah. And you didn't respond, obviously. I didn't respond yeah, to that, no. I think not responding was more polite than probably what I would have said. <laughs> so, Jax, uh, Mike Yo didn't respond to that ticket request, kind of like when I sent you a text a couple weeks ago asking for tickets. Yeah, that's normal for you, though. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Some people... Uh, you know, they think that, uh, you know, we get free tickets and, uh, you know, they're just sitting in our pocket uh, burning a hole. But, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, you, I think anybody involved in the game has, has had uh, a message like that that you, you kind of just ignore. <laughs> so now it's uh, Game 7. Blues, are, uh, they've lost the game in St. Louis, a chance to, to clinch the cup. Now they've got to go to Boston and win. Mike Yo and his family, Jax, they're back in uh, Minnesota where he's lived uh, a lot of his uh, coaching life. 
And uh, he's not watching the game, he said, but his uh, son, Kyler, is watching the game in the other room. And so he can hear Kyler ooing and on during the game. And that's how Mike Yo kind of got the commentary on, on what was happening that night. And he's got a pretty good story here. I remember. <laughs> now, now, my son and my daughter, like, they, maybe they didn't feel quite the same way because they didn't know the players and everything like that. I remember, like, uh, as the game was going on, I wasn't watching it, but he was watching it. And I could hear him every time Bennington would make a save, uh, you know, curse and swear. <laughs> so I, I, even though uh, even though I wasn't watching it, I was getting the commentating and knew how the game was going based on my son's reactions downstairs. That's why I like that we're uh, doing this with a podcast too, because you get to actually hear Mike Yo's comments as opposed to just reading him in the story. Look, you can tell that he's moved on just by the fact that he can joke about that. Yeah, he's, you know, he's laughing and... Uh, I'm sure he had a little bit of, uh, you know, a, a little percentage of his of his mind was, you know, maybe hoping the Blues lost, but, you know, for the most part, it, it was, you know, genuine. He he really, uh, you know, put a lot into that team and and was real close and cares for a lot of those players. So, uh, but you know, the the family is a little different. You can't control your family <laughs> and uh, how they think and, um, you know. It, his kids were probably bitter that, you know, their dad was hurt because he was fired. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something you don't mess with. You don't mess with family. Jax, a lot of things happened. Uh, you know, when Craig Bruby took over, we talked about, uh, you know, his command of the team, the locker room. Also, they got the goaltender in Bennington. But it really doesn't matter because a lot of people who are watching from afar just know that Mike Yo left and Craig Bruby won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, with a team that Mike Yo couldn't take very far. And so Mike Yo said, uh, very difficult to know that that perception was out there and that it was a, a bad look for uh, his coaching tenure here in St. Louis. Obviously, that's a, it's, a, it's a big blow to your reputation. Um, you know, it, uh, so yeah, I, I try not to get caught up in that stuff, but obviously it's, uh, it's, it's very important. You know, as far as uh, how you're perceived, um, you know, whether it's the fans, whether it's the media, um, you know, more importantly, um, NHL GMs, coaches, everything else. Um, So certainly uh, you do spend some time thinking about that. That's not that's not fun. Jags, it's a reputation league. That's how you keep jobs, get jobs and keep your job. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people are going to say that, uh, you know, what went wrong? Why why couldn't he lead this team? Uh, uh, you know, when the guy that just came in and, you know, a month later, all of a sudden the team turned around. But uh, you got to look at the big picture. You got to look at everything. And, um, you know, there there might be a, a second guessing of, of Yosi as a coach, but a lot of people are going to see uh, some good things about him and, uh, I, I I really think that uh, he's going to be uh, head coach again in this league uh, very soon, and um, I think he's going to do quite well. The number one question that I got ever since Mike Yo left and the Blues won the Stanley Cup, what do you think it is? Let me see. Uh, did he get a ring? Did he get a ring? Hundreds and hundreds of times. And I even told Mike, I said, Mike, this is a goofy question. I don't know what you'll uh, think about me asking you this, but uh, if I could just – uh, relay the message. A lot of people want to know if you got a ring. Here's what he said. No, and 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 nor should they. I mean, that's uh, you know, uh, no. So you know, he he felt like he did have a part in it. 
they did go out and get some players that he hoped Doug Armstrong could bring in and kind of lay the foundation for the type of team that they wanted to be. But but he knows that uh, you know Stanley Cup rings are for the people who were here a majority of the season, got things turned around, very complimentary of the coaching staff Mike Yo was, and he didn't feel like uh, he deserved a ring. Uh, yeah, he he deserves a ring uh, more than a lot of people, though. Right. Um he, he was a big part of it. Uh, he did start, uh, uh, you know, what was going on with that team. And, uh, you know, if, if there's anybody who can kind of fight for, uh, you know, having a ring, it would be him. But, um, you know, really, I, I don't think he'd be comfortable taking a ring, even if they offered him one. And uh, I, I'm sure it would kind of be a reminder of uh, him not being able to 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 do it with that team when somebody else came in and did it it's kind of the same answer when i tried to give my wife a ring <laughs> she didn't want to take it either <laughs> that's a different story though yeah. she's got to live with you <laughs> you know the what if question what if you know jordan bennington comes up and plays well and and uh you know while mike yo is coaching what if a dozen different things happen and mike yo wins a stanley cup i asked him when will the what if question ever go away? Well, it probably won't. It probably won't. The only way it'll go away is if, you know, f- first off, my goal is to win a cup here and, uh, and um, you know, bring a Stanley Cup to Philadelphia. And, and maybe it'll go away if you ever get a, another head job down the road and win a cup then or, or have success then. Uh, maybe it'll go away then or, you know, but, uh, but otherwise. And, and I'm not sure I want it to go away. Like I said, it's... Uh, it's it's fuel and it's uh, and it's opportunity to grow and and uh, and it's painful, but uh, uh, but that pain starts to go away and as the pain goes away, the le- the lessons still stay there. And Jacks, uh, you know, people might be wondering why is Mike Yo talking now? Well, the main reason is uh, that the Philadelphia Flyers are coming to town on Wednesday. It'll be Mike Yo's first trip back to St. Louis officially. You know, since this uh, firing happened in uh, November two thousand. 18 so he'll be back we'll see him on uh, probably the highlights uh, tomorrow night uh, he is an assistant like I said on Elaine Vigno's staff Michelle Terrian is also on that staff uh, they've got a real good staff and the Flyers are in the playoff hunt Mike Yo, 46 years old he's been through a lot with two firings one in Minnesota and one in St. Louis but wrapping up here Jax uh, he tells us that he feels like he's in a good spot you know I'm 46 years old um I'm in a great spot right now. I love Philadelphia. I want to bring a cup here. Uh, I know that my best coaching years are ahead of me. You know, everybody talks about this being a league where they just uh, recycle coaches, and I get that. And people might look at Mike Yo's situation and say, no no way somebody uh, hires this guy. But he just said it. Let's keep in mind, this guy is still 46 years old. A lot of guys who've had success in this league did it with their second and third teams. I probably wouldn't rule out that Mike Yo gets another head coaching job. Yeah, he he is a good coach, and uh, you know everything he said in this interview. Uh, he, he, it's potential to uh, to to going forward and, and being a better coach. Uh, you know, he, he talks about uh, uh, you know is the pain going to go away? You know, it's going to take a while, but you know the lessons uh, they stay there, and that and that means a lot. That's uh, you know if if you don't learn from your past mistakes, then you're not going to grow as a as a person as a coach and. I think he's done that, uh, and I, I think he'll continue to do that. Learning under, uh, you know, two pretty good uh, coaches in in Philly, and um, he'll get a head coaching job. I guarantee that, and and he'll be uh, he'll be right there with uh, uh, with with some other coaches where you know they get an opportunity, a second opportunity, a third opportunity, and and we'll make the most of it. 
Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 30 of We Went Blues. We want to thank Mike Yo for that interview, and we hope you enjoyed uh, hearing from Mike Yo. Uh, you can also read the article at theathletic.com. Uh, other podcasts to click on and listen to, The Two-Man Advantage with Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun. Tomorrow, Jax, with one of your former teammates, Predators sniper Pekka Rene. What did you think about that goal? Pekka, love it. I uh, texted him right after and said, I think we have the uh, same amount of goals in a Predators uh, uniform. So uh, <laughs> uh, he was laughing, but uh, what a great person. And uh, he is one of those goalies that is an all-around athlete and an absolute stud. Remember to please rate and subscribe to We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues, you'll get 40% off your subscription and you'll get to hear a bonus subscriber-only episode of We Went Blues each week where you get to hear more uh, from Jax and myself. For Barrett Jackman, for Mike Yo, who will be in town with the Philadelphia Flyers uh, tomorrow night, I'm Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. Thank you for listening to Episode 30, and we'll talk to you later in the week. 